0: Fans of podcasts, the Buffalo Bills, this is Jamie D and Big Newt from the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. Thanks for joining us again. It was a tough one on Sunday, wasn't it, Big Newt? Ugh. Oh,
1: geez. Man, not only Daylight Savings Time was Sunday. But yeah. then we get this billsy ass loss. And I said it. You know I try my best not to curse. I have young children that listen to the podcast, but I had to say it. This, this was a billsy ass loss coupled with the fact with Daylight Saving Time, which I absolutely hate, man. Here in Richmond, man, it started getting dark at 445, man. And I absolutely Oof. hate it. That's rough. You know what
0: could have made it more rough, though? Going to the game as I did, <laughs> oh man oh man so yeah it's it's like you you try to pick your games wisely, you know yes. you you want to go to games where you're going to have a good experience, and amongst the good experiences is your team winning, which the bills did not, not only did they not win, they played terribly on offense at least, and while it was a really good. Experience overall, what I would say, the stadium was pretty nice. Uh, the the fans in Jacksonville were fantastic and very very gracious and generous hosts. At the same time, I felt just flattened by witnessing that loss. It, it was almost the same as watching that pathetic game that the Bills played against the Cleveland Browns, like in two thousand nine, that ended in. Or two thousand eleven, something like that. Yeah, that finished like nine to three, same score.
1: Yeah, that that game comes to mind, and then obviously the uh, the Tyrod playoff game when we played against Jacksonville and we couldn't score a touchdown, and that pretty much sealed his fate uh, for the Tyrod Taylor era in Buffalo. So I definitely understand, man. I want I wanted to call this episode the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the good was the fact that you went, and I'm sure you had a good time with the Bills sure. backers of a D.C. all the way mm-hmm. up to 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Um, <laughs> and the good for me was the fact, and I know I'm, this is going to draw the air of Bills Mafia, but I always told you I'm going to be honest and I shoot from the hip. Only thing positive about this weekend was the fact that I didn't go. Because mm, yeah. you, you all fluent stuff because you all got that big money, man. You know, I have kids, oh, man. Yeah. I have kids, so they take all my money, brother. So I I was going to drive if I was going to go, you know. But because uh, Jalen had playoff football, I wasn't able to make it. But I was just sitting there Sunday at 4 o'clock thinking to myself, man, if I would have had to drive eight and a half hours back after that loss, I, I would have lost it, brother.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, there were a lot of very unhappy people. Now, I, I was staying in a hotel with thousands of Bills fans, and it was a somber <laughs> sort of place mm-hmm. afterwards. But shifting gears a little bit, we're back at this for the second time in two days. We had a technical problem, and we were not able to get the podcast off the ground when we normally do. And we were just going to, well, at least I was going to leave it at that. But our boy, Fernando, Furcho5, he wrote to us on, on uh, Twitter, and he said, hey, what's taking so long? I really want to hear Big Newt's takes on, on that game. Well, Fernando, we're doing this for
1: you, buddy. <laughs> and I was out doing the yard, man. I come in, and I see his tweet. And I'm like, what do you mean the pod ain't up? So I text you, and then you said, yeah, it didn't sound right. You know, I'm from St. Louis, man, so I'm a little, you know, I admit I'm a little, I'm a little ghetto. And I'm like, man, put it up anyway. I don't care, man. We got to give people what they want. I don't care what we sound like. We could be a little rough around the edges. That's what we give you here on the Jamie D. Big New Show. Things might not be perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. Like, if you come to my house, man, maybe a cabinet door might fall off when you reach in the cupboard to try to get something to drink. <laughs> Anything can happen, man. That's what we provide you, man. <laughs> so I'm I was like, coming to your house
0: now. I'm worried about my safety.
1: <laughs> you came to my house, man. We watched the Green Bay game together, remember?
0: Oh, oh yeah. I guess I did, didn't yeah, I?
1: You, came, you stopped through, man. You and your lovely wife, and we ate Publix chicken wings. You came to the boom-boom room. We watched the Green Bay game. When you were passing through. It was, it, those were good wings, man. I love Publix wings, bro. And they got good pastries, too. They actually made our wedding cake, man. Excellent. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's to die for. You got to get it. But They make wedding cakes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. So, I wonder where Wegmans
0: is on the wedding
1: cake uh, scene. I love Wegmans. I love Wegmans. I, I just can't afford to shop there. <laughs> Jeez. I like walking through there though. I like walking down the aisles and stuff. I just can't afford to shop there consistently. So well,
0: I I I think a lot of people feel the same way. But um, yeah,
1: I just the only well. thing worse is like my week is getting better and better, I tell you. So we get this tough loss, we get daylight saving time, and we gotta talk about this game again after doing it for an hour yesterday. Now we gotta do it again today.
0: Uh. <laughs> So, I'm going to cut right to the chase here and kind of get directly into it by asking this question. The Bills looked absolutely pathetic on offense. They couldn't get anything off the ground. The offensive line was so bad that Cody Ford actually was the highest-rated offensive lineman, according to Football Focus. Cody freaking Ford. Get out. Yes. I don't believe it. so I ask this question of you: After that despicable loss, is it time to panic?
1: It it is a terrible loss, but all we did is we gave up our mul- another mulligan. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If we, because if you say it's time to panic, what if we run the table from here on out? What if we right. What if we finish fourteen and three? We don't lose another one. Then we're not thinking about this game. Now, if we lose to the Jets this weekend and Indianapolis, he it all he does is I I'm not panicked. Now I'm just looking at the schedule, tilting my head, squinting my eye a little bit differently. All right. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at if you look at the schedule now, I mean, you got the Jets. All right. The rookie's not gonna play. It's gonna be the uh the white kid. Um and <laughs> wait, wait. I'm sorry, should I not say I, the kid's name is White? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like as in color. I mean as as far as, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know what I mean, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike White will be starting at quarterback. Mike White will right. be starting at quarterback uh for the Justice weekend and he looks pretty good. So and it's in a and so it's kinda like, okay, now I'm looking at that game. Like, what if we don't get our O line woes together? Then mm. a, we got the Colts. And then you got the, the the Falcons who's looking better now. Like, so now I'm just looking at the schedule differently. Like, and, and we just gave up a chance to move in the standings and help solidify and distance ourselves in the playoff race. Now you got Tennessee who has had a wonderful win this weekend against the Rams that nobody thought they would without Derrick Henry. Alright, mm-hmm. now they sit along top of the AFC with seven wins, I believe, and then it's a log. then Baltimore has six, and then it's a log jam with five wins. So, mm-hmm. if we would have won this easy game, we could have been sitting with Baltimore and had a game and a half up on our nemesis. Now, we're only a half game up, uh, which Jared, our beloved, one of our beloved leaders of the D.C. Bills backers, remind, reminded us on Twitter. So, um, I just think it makes me look at the schedule differently, but I'm not panicked because if we win out, then fine. And if we lose, and it won't, it doesn't matter. So does it look to you like
0: the performance on Sunday was a culmination of a, a, basically a culmination of how the Bills were headed coming up to this week? They didn't look good against Miami, but turned it around. Uh, in the second half. They played exactly the same way in the first half of the Miami game that they played the entire game against the Jaguars. So it seems like they were working toward this. And to me, it seems like there was a systemic failure within the Bills organization. I was thinking that obviously the players... They weren't playing well. There were dropped passes. There were missed blocks. There were mental lapses. To me, that that points at coaching. They they couldn't figure out how to compensate for an offensive line that wasn't blocking. And there's ways to do that. There's screen passes, swing passes, jet sweeps, moving pockets. Those are ways in which you mitigate a pass rush that you can't handle. But you think it's more than just the coaching, don't you?
1: Yeah. When you lose... A game like this, this goes all the way to the top. And I even, I lay this, I lay this in coaching, not only the offensive coordinator, everybody but Leslie Frazier and McDermott when it comes to the defense, because I feel like the defense played well enough to win. Even though we were without Teron Johnson, Jaquan Johnson, Saran Neal, he had a rough start, but then he got his footing afterwards. If you mm-hmm. hold a team to nine points, I expect you to win. All we need was mm-hmm. one touchdown. So I feel like Leslie Frazier did his part. But, yes, it goes all the way up to Brandon Bean. And so one of the positive things coming out this weekend and having a loss like that is now I can tell you I told you so. And so what did you tell me? Well, I'm not you particularly, but we told you Bill- ain't tell me shit. Get out to the porch <laughs> with all that noise. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to hear about the warts when you win. When you win, it's all oh, shut up. Oh, we don't need no running game. We're doing good. You all suck. You just you're not real. Bill's fans. We won. Shut the hell up. Yeah. Well, we lost now. We had probably the worst loss of the season. Okay, and it would be magnified if it wasn't so many other upsets this weekend. You had uh, the Browns whooping up on the Bengals without OBJ, which was a shock. You had the Broncos beating the Cowboys. They beat the heck out of them. The Falcons upset the Saints. The Giants got a win. I think that was like only a second or third win versus the Raiders. Mm -hmm. And then the Titans wind up beating the Rams without Derrick Henry with the incomparable Adrian Peterson getting a touchdown and to his all-time and Hall of Fame pace. So we have to we have to figure out, one, how to uh, get our running game going, but it ain't just our running backs with Singletary and Moss. I kind of blame this on Bean also. Because, Tell me. Because why didn't we address this offensive line in the offseason? No, we're going to get defensive ends. One defensive end only played two games. Boogie Boogie Basham only suited out for two games this year. You could have got a, a more than capable starting interior lineman at that spot. If you're going to sit him, that's looking like a mistake. And that ain't no, mm-hmm. that ain't nothing against Boogie Basham, because I think if he play, he's going to produce. He had, what, two sacks in two games, I think? So, I think so. So, Brandon Bean, not only did you address it, you decided to stand pat and double down, but then at the trade deadline, we got 10 defensive ends. Why didn't you trade one for a starting level interior lineman? I don't understand that. So, this is our window, and everybody's talking about it. So, why don't you go all in and fix the line? And not only the fact that you don't fix the line, is now we got sugar High Josh Allen back. He's getting right. hit. He's reverting to run around and just throwing it to the other team. He had two fumbles, and that's right. I said two fumbles, even though they didn't give us the one on fourth and forever. They felt sorry for us, but he had two <laughs> picks and two fumbles. I don't ever want to see that guy again. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just. <sighs> it's it's four o'clock here, and it's almost getting dark. It just pisses me off. Yeah, I I understand.
0: Yeah, time change. It goes from like. Sun and happiness to darkness and despair in one day. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing it. how that happens. Yes, it does. And I, I, I'm with you. The offensive line depth isn't there. It, it just it not and it should have been addressed. It wasn't addressed, and there have certainly been mistakes along the way. One of which is giving Cody Ford so many chances that they basically ran Quentin Spain. Well, Quentin Spain ran himself out of town because he couldn't handle it anymore because he knew Cody Ford sucked. But then again, Quentin Spain is no world beater himself. I know Wyatt Teller getting an extension yesterday probably burned your toast pretty good, right? You
1: know that really chopped my butt, man. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> and and then you see people talking about it on Twitter. Well, nobody knew he was gonna turn out to be this good. It doesn't matter. We didn't give him long enough. And then somebody said, Well, that trade wind up getting us, helping us get uh uh Dick Stefan Diggs. And I'm like, Well, well I sure. guess looking at the bright side, but I I think
0: I don't know that he would have been set up to be as successful with the Bills. And I mention that only because the Bills are a pass-first team. Cleveland is a run-first team, and he's definitely more of a run blocker than a pass blocker. Um, But let's talk about the offensive line for a minute. At what
1: point do we start questioning Bobby Johnson? And And I'm glad this is a positive part about us redoing it because we really didn't discuss this. And I noticed a lot of people on Twitter the last 48 hours are questioning him. And when you listen, I don't know if you ever listen to Sal Capaccio, the uh Extra Point Show, and he always says, and once again, I always refer to him because I know a lot of Bills Mafia listen to him. And he always says, Don't call in our show, to talk about fire everybody. Well, yeah, sometimes. It's okay to fire people. Like this isn't Kumbaya. This isn't Little League football where everybody gets a ribbon. Somebody, if <laughs> if you're not producing, then something needs to change. All right. And uh the definition of insanity is just keep doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. So I don't understand why Bobby Johnson's name isn't on why is it like his name isn't on the uh on the on the ballot to get fired? I don't get it. I mean, I think a change needs to be there. If you're not going to do personnel, then you could do the coach. Right. And we know that they switched from
0: basically a gap-blocking team to a zone-blocking team. And with that, Devin Singletary's performance decreased. They stopped using Mitch Morse to his fullest because Mitch Morse, not a road grader, He is a guy who pulls and gets out in front. So the philosophy doesn't entirely mesh with the personnel. Plus, it seems that the guy who they have really, uh, they they went all in on Bobby Johnson and Cody Ford, and what we're seeing are players who aren't necessarily improving over their time with the Bills. Darrell Williams is not as good this year as he was last year, which is why he kicked inside. Maybe right, it's because he got his contract. John Feliciano, you know, he's a replacement level player to me. And Ryan Bates, who they're talking about, year upon year, they love his flexibility, but he seems to struggle to get on the field. So I, I don't know if he's actually developing into anything or if it's just more talk. But I think it's something that needs to probably be at least considered. Either that or they have to change up the personnel to fit the blocking scheme. I just don't see any way around it.
1: I agree. And what this what this game showed was our offensive line, our run game was almost non existent. And I know they're going people are gonna tweet at us well, big new, we had the number seven, eighth rushing attack in the league. Take out the 25, 30 yard runs that Josh Allen gets and you isolated just like this weekend. I mean, he had five rushes for 50 yards, but one of them was what? A 25-yard run? Yep. So you take that out, we only rush for 72 yards. You take out the 22-yard run. Now we only rush for 50 yards on mm-hmm. 13 14 carries. That that's not going to get it done. And Jacksonville wasn't world beaters, man, and the thing that's most disappointing about the whole situation is the fact that Sal said on the sideline that's one of the reasons why I like going to games and sitting close, so where I can see what's going on. And I'm gonna tell you a quick story. And I didn't mention this on the one yesterday. I thought about this yesterday. When I went to the Notre Dame game, I was at the sideline when Navy beat us. I say that was probably uh, it was when Manti Te'o was there. So it was I think it was the 2012 season, maybe it was before the national championship run. So let's just say it's twenty twelve. I know I remember Matt was there, and uh, Notre Dame played Navy at the Meadowlands, all right. And I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to get on the sideline because the guy I went to school with did equipment for Navy at the time. And so I'm on the sideline. I got my Notre Dame lemon jacket on, whatever. I'm on the sideline. You know, I got I got to big up Justin Tuck. You know, two pitches. Maybe I'll post that. But um, I was just so surprised on how quiet they were. And it almost mm-hmm. pissed me off. You could just tell from me on the pocket. You know me. I'm a pretty intense guy when it comes to sports. Amen. You know? And so to see them so quiet and just take it on the chin, it was so disparate. And it, I just, and I'm like, dude, you're Notre Dame. Like, I to just run down the sideline and just start slapping helmets. But then they would have took me off the sideline because I really, you know, I really wasn't <laughs> supposed to be there, for say. So... To hear Sal anyway to bring that back around to see Sal say that he felt like the energy wasn't there, and then their uh, their player even said in the post game that they looked at us like you know they didn't want it. We wanted more than them. That is what, if anything, makes me want to push the panic button. I don't mind taking a loss, but don't for you to question my heart and the team's heart. That that's not a good thing. What causes a team to just be emotionless? Like Shaquille Griffin said,
0: they looked like they didn't want to be there. And he was pointing it out to his Jaguar
1: teammates. Why does that happen? Well, I would imagine because we're playing the lowly Jaguars. They think they could just go in there and it was going to be an easy win and take it. And they start fighting back and we weren't ready for it. You even mentioned it before that you felt like, okay, the score was tied at the half. Even going into the full quarter, you just knew Josh Allen was going to pull something out, and he never did. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I, and I ain't going to lie. I did too. Like, I literally did not think we were going to lose that game until the last series.
0: When we I came. was. Yeah, I'm with you. I just felt like they were going to pull it out, it, you know, despite the <laughs> stupid penalties 12 of them, 5 of which were personal fouls. I I still thought that something was going to happen. But the penalties, the being listless on the sideline. Does that come back to coaching for you?
1: It does. It does. That uh 12 penalties for almost 120 yards, that's unacceptable. That means we were undisciplined. I feel like and I don't know what we did. I didn't really keep up with the, I'm not going to lie. Last week, because I didn't really think much of this game. And I admit, I mean, us as fans, we were in a lose-lose situation yesterday. Unless we would have went out there and beat them by 40 points and Josh Allen throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and he moves up in the MVP conversation, that's the only thing that would have made that cool. Even if we would have squeaked out a win, we still would have been worried. You know what I'm saying? And so right. to go to to it's like a when you play in a scrub and Justin D I I shake Jacksonville Jaguars hands all right they they beat us but I still look at them as a scrub. You know? So yeah. it's like you're in a lose lose situation when you play those games. I'm sure they wanted to beat us much more than we wanted to beat them. And once again, I've said this before. We're new money. We're not we're not Pittsburgh. We're not uh the Patriots, we're not these teams, I'm sorry, you might not want to hear this, but we're not these teams that have a history of winning like the recently, the last 20 some odd years. So we need to take every game, I mean I, I feel like we just went to Jacksonville and party. I feel like Josh Allen was out there with y'all kicking it the night before the game and then slept walked <laughs> through there. I mean that's what it felt like not, not to mention I mean I get it, John Feliciano Spencer Brown uh Dawson Knox, Moss got hurt, Beasley got hurt. Our offensive line already wasn't playing well. You take away two-fifths of our line, or if you want to say uh three-sixths of it, if you ask Daw- uh, Dawson Knox as a blocking tight end, we're already not playing well, and then you got backups at three-sixths of your line. So I understand that and and if, if you would have told me Cody Ford is gonna be our highest grade alignment, then yeah, we're gonna probably lose. And to to be honest with you, I wanted us to take Josh Allen out. I didn't like to see Sugar High Josh Allen. I don't like to see him running for his life, getting hit, fumbling the ball. Like, I don't want to see him go through that. So, and that goes back to what I said before. Now, maybe people listen to me. When you pay a quarterback, your organization better have all his ducks in a row. And right now, we don't. And people didn't want to hear it. oh, give him his money. Oh, yeah, pay pay Josh Allen, pay Lamar Jackson. You pay these guys, your roster's only going Your that means your draft better be that much better. And so Brandon Bean can't afford not to get the, a draft right. He can't afford it or you're going to have situations like this. This is our Super Bowl window. And for him not to address the offensive line, that, that's a... And once again, I believe in Brandon Bean. He, I believe in him like I believe in chicken filet service. But that, that's not good, man. Like, he he's not looking good right now when it comes to that. And this lays at his feet.
0: You spoke to something there. And it's a topic that I definitely want to get into, which is the question of... Is part of this because both we and the Buffalo Bills are not used to being the hunted? They have always been the hunter. They have always been the team that was going to sneak up on, uh, on a good team, that was going to catch them while they were flat. Do you remember? I think it was four years ago. Yep. The Bills went into Atlanta, and Atlanta was playing great at the time. They were huge favorites in the game. Buffalo
1: yep. stomped them. I was stomped there. Them. I was there for that game. Oh, were you? I open up the new Mercedes-Benz Dome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was at that game, That's man. I tell you, Atlanta, I, that dome is beautiful. Um, Atlanta, man, they had a good time. They was out there talking trash. They they treated, I put it like this, they treated us like we probably treated Jacksonville. They overlooked this. They was all in there with their cheap birds and they cheap uh hot dogs and stuff at the stands. Their concession stands are very affordable. I loved it. And so they, they, they felt comfortable. And as the game got going and I got, got a couple of beers, now they're more quiet. Now I'm like, hey, we might win this thing. And so now I get that eight town stomping up and down the uh up and down the bleachers, man. And then we won, man. And by that time, I took a picture with the chefs. The chefs was there. Man, we had a great time.
0: So is this something that the Bills are going to have to get used to, that the worst teams in the league are going to get up for them more so than most other teams on their schedule? Is it just something that culturally they need to figure out that they can't be flat in order to still win games?
1: Yes, and I just hope this is a one-off because McDermott usually wins the games he's supposed to win. Once again, man, hats off to the Steelers, man. I love Mike Tomlin. He always has them prepared to go. And so I'm not going to lay this at McDermott because usually we win these type of games and hopefully it's a one-off. We're 14-point favorites this weekend to the Jets, so we need to figure out. Once again, I'm glad we're recording this again now on Wednesday. So we found Dr. Spencer Brown and Dawson Knox were limited in practice. So hopefully we'll have them on Sunday. We have Mm -hmm. those two. Maybe we can get back on track. So
0: if those two are in the game and the Bills are 14-point favorites, do
1: you take the points? No. If you're a betting man, no? Well, you know I don't bet, but no. No. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't touch this game after, after what I saw Sunday. No. I wouldn't if I was no. a bet man. I, I don't.
0: I, honestly, after that Jag, Jaguars game, I'm not sure I know who the real Buffalo Bills are. I think they're a team with a very good defense that has mostly beat up against inferior opponents. And the offense seems to be regressing. And and I just, yeah, I'm not going to lay any money uh, on that this week. Um, That's fair. But speaking of that game, it seems like with the offensive woes that the Bills are having, they're being set up to get that squared away against a team that has not been able to slow anybody down recently. In the past three games, the Jets have given up 130 points, and two out of the last three games, they've given up over 500 yards of offense. That's putrid. That's yeah. terrible. Right. So, the, the book is out on what's working against the Bills, both blitzing and a cover two zone, keeping everything in front, almost exactly what the Bills did to the Chiefs and other teams have been doing to the Chiefs to figure that out. So they're going to see that. You you know they're going to get that. So now it's time for the coaching staff to chalk up some plays that take advantage of those situations. So with that in mind, do you, and the Jets are on their backup quarterback, their defense is playing terrible, what do you think is going to happen?
1: Honestly... I don't know. So I'ma just go with faith in McDermott that we'll get back on the we'll get back on a winning streak. But man, after this loss, man, everything is on the table. Like if a Jets fan comes up to me at Wagman's and start talking trash, I I, I probably won't say anything. I can't I can't say with confidence that we're gonna roll them. Like at this yeah. point, I could see us winning forty to ten and getting back on the track and hopefully uh Josh Allen once again, I'm not a betting man. I always tell you about odds. Josh right. Allen is still number two betting odds for MVP. And Which I'm is like strange to me. And I'm like, how in the heck is he still in the conversation? His his passing yardage, completions, he's in the top nothing of no relevant statistical <laughs> category. And this is my guy, but I'm just telling you the truth. So that makes me feel like Vegas knows something that I don't know. Right? <laughs> so they still got him number two.
0: I don't see how Kyler Murray isn't leading right now. Right. I agree. I, yeah, I just I just don't see how the guy who is putting up the best stats doesn't have and, and has the best record in the NFL. Right. Isn't leading for MVP. I but, don't get hey. it.
1: I don't get and Lamar Jackson, yeah, he's not in the top five or six, and that dude is pulling out wins and he he's the epitome of MVP. But one of my bedrocks are I will give you one MVP, but if you get two MVPs, you better have a championship. And that's that's yeah. more so in basketball, because Steve Nash, I believe, won two he won two MVPs, I think. Mm-hmm. And Steve Nash never won anything. And he's up there with like all-time greats, like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, guys that won multiple championships. And so that's how I look at it. Like Lamar Jackson, I, we gave you one MVP, but before I give you a second, I, you have to win a championship, in my opinion. So, uh, so
0: sort of like give everybody a shot. Yeah, yeah. Give everybody a shot until they start winning, and then you can give it to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady every year.
1: Well, if you're Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, you're all-time great. You've won multiple right. Super Bowls. But I'm not giving two for some because you to me, MVP also means it's an individual award, but it comes with winning. So I, I'm cool with Aaron Rodgers win multiple MVP. He has a Super Bowl. I'm cool if no, I don't think Drew Brees ever won one. He I don't think he won. An MVP. One. Uh MVP, yeah. Um uh your boy in Atlanta, um, Matty Ice, he O's. won an MVP he won an MVP, but you never won a Super Bowl. Like, so I just think my bedrock has always been if you win multiple MVPs, then you need to have a Super Bowl before that second one. So I would, although I believe Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level, I would not vote for him until he wins. I would not give him an MVP vote again until he wins a championship. And so I just feel like, man, maybe Vegas knows something. So I don't know. So I just hope and I have faith as a fan that Josh Allen is going to get on the right on the right path this week because, once again, and, and he said it. I mean, so I know all the Josh Allen lovers, the guys that got his jersey and worm to the uh, stadium every week, that, oh, don't get on it. Man, he said it himself. He said he played like poo. I mean, mm-hmm. so he knows it. We all know it. But if you're going to be that person who, oh, I'm going to support my quarterback. We're in this together. I'm going to support him no matter what. Hey, I get it. You know, but once again, this loss goes on everybody. And once again, I'm laying blame around the whole organization.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I think against the Jets, the Bills the Bills are primed to put together a good performance. We haven't seen them perform well in a month. And really, no. even against Tennessee, it, they weren't great. They could have been better. They... You know, they did put up 32 points against a really good team, but they also gave up more points than that. So they haven't haven't pulled it all together, it seems. The offense. The offense and the defense at the same time.
1: Oh, okay. Because,
0: you know, like I said, against Tennessee, the defense gave up over 30 points, and they couldn't stop the run pass option.
1: What about the Chiefs? We held Mahomes tw- less than three touchdowns.
0: I thought they played just
1: fine against the Chiefs. Yeah,
0: I guess that was pretty good
1: all the way around, wasn't and then it? What about the Texans? We beat them forty to nothing. We shut them out. Okay, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> and the Dolphins, thirty-five nothing. So yeah, I mean the defense. To me, the defense has did its job pretty much the whole year. We just and well, the yes, offense has the offense has been good. I just think. What you want to say is that that Josh Allen hasn't been MVP, Josh Allen.
0: You know, I think that's probably I, what I was trying to say, and I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of talking around it.
1: No, and that's fine. I'm here to complete you, hey man. Me and you, man, we're like one dude. You started since <laughs> I finish it. I know where you're trying to get at, Josh Allen MVP, Josh Allen. We've only seen him what maybe once this season, yeah, once, maybe twice. So we have taken a regret. We have regressed back offensively and it's hard, man. It's hard to put together MVP type years. Yep. Last year he finished second in MVP. So we knew it would be a challenge for him. Only thing that this discourages the fact that we have the easiest schedule in the league, man. Like, this is set up for us to make the run. Don't blow it. Let's get it right. And McBean, man, make the moves necessary for us to win. I know he ain't going to listen to us. Maybe somebody can send a letter or tweet it out to him. We need to do whatever it takes. This is our window right now, so I'm holding his feet to the fire. Do what Mm -hmm. it takes, necessary. I don't care what happens the rest of this year. We need to address the offensive line in the draft. I want three new linemen in the draft. I don't care who's there. Well, maybe another. Well, I ain't gonna say another quarter. Levi Wallace playing well. I ain't gonna even. Yeah, he's doing well, but they still need more depth. Yeah, depth. But I'm saying start level caliber. Go with line. We address the D line. I go O line, and let's mm-hmm. get it going, man. Give me three new starters.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that. I think that pretty much wraps up everything I have to say on the game. How are you feeling?
1: Well, I, one thing we also got to look at, another factor is the sports gods. Oh, the sports gods. You have a story, don't you? I do. I do. So I was watching Good Morning Football yesterday, and they said that everybody who's been on a Manning cast, and that's uh, – if you watch Monday Night Football, you got uh Peyton and Eli Manning during their little stick about the game. So they have guests during the game. And those lists of guests include Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson, Gronk, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen last week. You know what all those gentlemen have in common besides being awesome football players in the league? What? All of them the week after being on a Manning cast, lost the following week. What are the Mannings doing to people? It's kind of like the man curse. It's kind of like the Sports Illustrated Cover curse. I believe in all those things, man. You know me. I do know you. I (laughs) I have witnessed you switch seats
0: because you believe that the seat you're sitting in at the bar is going to affect how the Bills are playing. And when I go
1: and when I go to the bar, I always order my wings with like seven, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Some of that is because of tradition, other ones is cause I'm old and I have a weak bladder and I had to make sure I eat before I go home because I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. yes, yeah, stay off the manning cast. I don't want to see no more bills on the manning cast. And also, I'm a part of what happened too. What so my buddy, Dominic Varner, right? Kid I grew up with back in St. Louis, known him since middle school. We used to uh, arm wrestle at the table in middle school. Uh, All he wrestlers. was an all-state basketball player, played at Austin P University. One of my best friends, right? Good athlete. Yeah. So he called me last Thursday. He is a Cowboys fan. And so he called me last Thursday and said, "New, I don't care nothing about your sports guys. We going to the Super Bowl. And I said, what? He said, yeah, new." I said it. Damn your sports guys and everything you talk about, we good. I'm not tiptoeing around at nothing. And so he's the guy who every week on social media, he gets on and he talks trash. Y'all some haters. He got his cowboy garb on. Everybody hating on us. Y'all want to be us and all this. Right? And so I'm giggling and stuff. I'm like, okay, I'll let them get because they're good. They've been bad for a while. You know, they're good. I'm letting him spread his wings a little bit. So, like I told you earlier, the Cowboys got whooped by the Denver Broncos. He yes. called me yesterday morning apologizing. Newt, man, I'm <laughs> sorry. You my witness. I take everything back that I said. I apologize by the sports guys." So you know what I did? What? I laid into him. Because so, what happened was the sports guys, they damned him. And then they also, I got the residuals on that because I was sitting there giggling. I should have just hung up the phone. So I feel like he it infected you. <laughs> it affected me also by listening to that blasphemy and the sports guys uh, cursed both of us. That's what I attributed to. True story.
0: I'm really unhappy with him right now. Yeah. And I'm unhappy with you
1: for not hanging
0: up when you knew what you should have been doing.
1: I was just Ugh. giggling and I should have intervened and hung up the phone, man. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: Well, I'm glad you know for next time. You're not going to let this
1: happen. It won't happen again. I'll make the same mistakes twice, my friend.
0: No, sir. No, sir. Well, thanks for thanks for getting it straight. Thanks for joining me again, man. It's always great to hear your takes on football.
1: Hey, man, you my dog, man. You my boy, Blue. <laughs> Do you want to give us a song on the way out? I'm feeling kind of bad. It gets dark early. I'm depressed. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs>